Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And if you've been on this podcast before, you will know that this is a place for people to share their stories about how they turn their passions and their ideas into viable businesses, meaning that they make money off it. And most of the time we chat to people who are doing it full time as well. And on today's episode, I'm really excited to share this because As a business coach, I come across working with artists and I think there's a common myth in society that being an artist isn't a real job and, you know, I think there's a lot of creativity and mystery and, you know, creative expression that comes with being an artist and not everyone wants to make it their full-time job. But today's episode is an example of somebody who has done that and I love this story because also shows that it's possible and I got to chat to Ellen who is an incredible artist and has worked with clients like Adidas, Disney, Facebook, she's Instagram, Nike, New York Times, op- the Sydney Opera House, like the list goes on. I'm, I'm not even going to, to overwhelm you with how incredibly successful um, Ellen is, but also how humble and generous she was with sharing her story today. And it's a really great episode for those of you who might be sitting out there going, can I really make money off this? And whether that's being an artist or a designer or anything at all, you know, whatever your passion might be, Ellen shares a very real and honest story about what it took to get her into a full-time artist um, position in her life with some of these incredible clients and I think it's just an amazing example of somebody who's gone before us and done it and gives us hope that other people can do it. So I will leave it to Ellen to give you the insight into what she did and how she got to where she is today. And she gives lots of amazing tips. But I think the thing that really stood out for me in this episode is somebody who had this dream and had a goal and went after it. And she knew it's what she wanted to do and the way that she went about it wasn't this fluffy kind of it fell in my lap way. It came with a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of chasing the dream, putting herself out there, taking feedback and doing the work. An absolutely incredibly inspiring story and it was such an honor to have Ellen on the podcast today As someone who has been in our startup creative community for a while, I've followed her work. She's followed along our journey. We've often connected over Instagram, which also goes to show when you're a real person and you're connecting and engaging, um, yeah, what cool connections can come out of that. So an honor to have Ellen on the show and enjoy her story. Welcome to the podcast, Ellen. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah, lovely to have you. I've followed your work for a bit too and um, it's beautiful and very colourful. And I was actually, when I was looking around your website, I was like, man, this just is a great vibe. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, I was just saying to you before we started recording that I've followed you for a really long time. So yeah, it's lovely to kind of connect and have the opportunity to 
chat about my my connection yeah. as an artist. Of course. And I think like that's the beauty of startup creative, right? It's like where there's this huge community of all these people doing their thing. And um, I love being able to showcase people in our community and tell their stories and yeah, and help yeah. more people with it too, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would, um, and for those listening at home, I obviously reached out to Ellen through Instagram. We tried to catch up in Melbourne, but um, the lock, not lockdown happened and I had to flee back to Sydney. So we're here doing it on Zoom, but I love Ellen's work. I, I um, think that it's amazing what you've achieved and how you've turned your passion for art into a viable business that you do full time, hey? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I feel incredibly lucky and privileged that, you know, being creative and, and drawing and painting is honestly what what makes me happy and makes me feel most myself. So to be able to make that my living is, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had a real journey and and um, have a lot of, of ups and downs, but I'm feeling so positive at the moment about mm. um, the future and, and yeah, feeling really energised after um, a pretty quiet year. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think we'll dive into El, um, Ellen is in Melbourne, so they did the, the hug call lockdown last year and I can imagine that would have been hard as an artist where, you know, you, you're at, you normally do murals and all sorts and um, getting inspiration. But um, let t- tell us a little bit about your journey to date because I think you know what why my motivation for today's conversation is like you know I've worked with artists as a business coach and you know there's I think there's that kind of underlying you know limiting belief in a lot of people being like oh you know is it a real job and can you really make money off it and um, yeah so today's story is for all of those artists out there musicians people makers doing things creatively and um yeah Ellen's going to share her story as to yeah. how she transitioned into that so that we can get more people doing it yeah sure. <laughs> um yeah I'll I'll kind of take you through sort yeah, of how, where did it all begin yeah how I got to where I am now so um I was just a born born creative I was just a super imaginative kid I always had you know one foot in reality and I guess the rest of my body in imagination land um and so I was always kind of the arty arty kid and I grew up in in Newcastle which is like a regional town in New South Wales um and I always kind of felt like I didn't fit in there and I didn't quite see a future in in the kind of I guess conventional pathways of careers um and so when it came to kind of choosing my career path and it came to choosing a university degree I just sort of went with my gut feeling and I saw a course in Sydney called Visual Communication and I was good at art and I was good at um, communicating because I was was, um, a pretty nerdy English student. I thought that sounds really good. And so I think that was like the first of a series of like just gut decisions that ended Mm. up really panning out for me. Were you Um, that kid in the art room at lunchtime? Yeah, (laughs) it was either either the art room or the music room because I was also... Mm. Um, I had dreams of being a musician, really, but um, that didn't <laughs> didn't end up pursuing that. Um, so yeah, I, I I went to university in Sydney and um, I, I studied design and I loved it. It was like just uh, totally opened my eyes to the world of design, which I knew nothing about. 
And then I, that's where I kind of started. I learned all the design software and I learned Illustrator and I was just creating all the time. And that's when I started developing this style and voice um, that sort of I'm known for now. So this really cartoony, um, flat colours, kind of like funny, um, sort of really bubbly work. Mm. And when, you, when are you went to university? I have a couple of yeah. questions here because I think it's cool to know. Um, a, like, were your parents like, that's not a real degree? I think, or were they just like, no, this is who she is? <laughs> yeah, I think they were just like, this is who she is. Like, they, um, I think they were quite worried at the start that maybe, yeah, it wasn't a real job, but I think they would have known all along that I wasn't destined for something, you know, more conventional, I think. So I think they were concerned that I was not going to maybe make money or or anything like that. But um, I was always very reassuring to them, especially when I started my illustration career, which is a little bit down, uh, jumping ahead a little bit. I was, um, I was, I was very conscious that I didn't want to worry them. So I kind of like would talk up a lot of the, the early jobs I got just to make sure that they weren't worried about me. They're paying me really good. <laughs> yeah. But they were always like, they, um, you know, they would really encourage my creativity and, like, I did, you know, before school art, like, lessons when I was in primary school and I always had heaps of art supplies. So, yeah, they were very nurturing in that in that way for sure. And um, did you see a um, career path that with, like, that visual communications? Because this would have been a while ago, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is, like, mm, more than 10 years ago now that I started. Started when and I was on Instagram. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, no, I didn't. I thought I would be a graphic designer because that was the, sort of the career path that most people um, sort of went on after finishing that degree. Um, but, yeah, when I started drawing more and I took some illustration electives, then I sort of started to see how um, how the illustration world worked. And I, this beautiful thing happened as well where, like, as, as a kid who always felt sort of a bit... Um, the old one out in a lot of occasions um when I started drawing and and making this stuff and and sharing it online and and going group exhibitions and I got this really great feedback from it people really liked it and so I kind of I sort of felt like I finally found my place where I could be myself and be a bit weird and be a bit arty and that was a good thing and so I think that really was what propelled me to keep going and, and keep sharing it and keep making and so I graduated and I did get a um, graphic design job um, just to make some money because I wanted to go traveling. But then while I was um, doing this graphic design job, I, I one day I woke up and I had an email in my inbox from the art director of Bloomberg Business Week, which is like I didn't know what it yeah. was at the time, but it's a big it's a big magazine in New York, and um, they were asked they asked if I wanted to do a double page spread. And they'd just seen myself on Tumblr. This was like Tumblr days. Wow. Um, and, I you know. That just like from a quick side note, it's like there's, you know, everyone's like, what's your number one piece of advice for people wanting to, you know, start a business? And I'm like, just start. And it can start mm-hmm. with putting your work on Tumblr. Like it's as yep. simple as that. It's like you can sit and plan and you can, you know, come up with ideas and, you know, do all the things, but sometimes it's just getting something out into the internet or whether it's a website or Instagram or Tumblr or, you know, telling people that you're here and this is what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was it. Like I was just making the work and sharing it. I didn't have a strategy um, and it just all kind of fell into place, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was so excited when that happened because they were offering, and I can't remember exactly how much it was, but I think it was a couple of thousand dollars and I couldn't believe that you could get paid that much to draw, you know. Um, and so like <laughs> in very kind of sudden and, again, just a gut feeling fashion, um, I quit my graphic design job and just said, well, I want to draw for a living. Um, and so I moved to Melbourne because that's what creative people do. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I just set up a home office and I called myself a full-time freelance illustrator. And amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, now it sounds crazy, but at the time I really didn't have anything to lose, you know, like I was used to being poor because I'd been a student for, you know, four years, you know, and I didn't have a reputation to lose. I, I really didn't have, yeah, anything to lose, so I just did it. Um, Can I ask how old were you at this stage? I was 22, 23. Mm. I, must have been I think that was like when I started Startup Creative and I often look back at it and it sounds like you're the same of like um, looking back and being like, I'm kind of glad I did it then because I would, there was a naivety to me that you just oh, kind of back yes. yourself. Yeah, yeah. And like the confidence that comes with naivety is such a good thing sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, that's amazing that you started it at 23 as well. Yeah. Like I feel like I was such a baby. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think it's like that, yeah, that confidence because it's like what you don't know can't set you back you know like you there is an element of like you know yeah less fear I think you're a bit more of a risk taker and yeah you know I didn't have kids or a mortgage or Mm. anything to lose and Mm. um, but yeah I love that around um, you know putting stuff out there and you know for artists and musicians or creatives out there it's like um, get out there and do it you know like before anyone even pays you to do it Um, Mm -hmm. is doing the work and like I give that advice over and over again as as a coach and I think what and tell me if this resonates with you but it's like also that when you're young and you kind of just get out there and then an opportunity happens and I wish that I documented more of them in my career as well because that sounds like that um, double page spread that you got paid for it's like it was that little bit of confidence and this what happens from getting in the game right as you you start, you do it, all of a sudden this kind of fluke experience happens and then you're like, ah, okay, this has just validated the idea and now I know it's possible. I'm going to keep rolling with it. Yeah, exactly. And it's those kind of serendipitous moments that you can't can't plan for but when they happen they're just, you know, those are the milestones that you'll remember. So, yeah, I think it's worth remembering for people who who are like, yeah, kind of starting out as a creative is that, you know, yeah, just put your work out there because you never know who's going to see it and you never know what opportunities are going to come, you know, and you don't need to wait for someone to tell you or give permission. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, and that's exactly what I did for like a year. I I had very little paid work. Um, I got kind of just enough to pay the bills, um, but the rest of the time I was just doing personal work and trying to get better and everything, you know. Um, and did you have a job on the side at this point or were you just fully no, backing yourself? No, I kind of, I, I made myself a rule that I would not supplement my income in any way unless 
it was an absolutely dire situation um, and I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. So there were times where I was like, you know, okay, it's getting a bit hairy, like maybe I'll have a look at some jobs. But I really just did stick to it, um, stick to my guns because I knew that if I got a second job, I would be distracted from mm. from the creative side and, and like I was just so motivated to, to give it the best go I could. So, yeah, that was my approach. It's not necessarily like what I would recommend for people but um, I think for me I just knew myself that I, I needed to put 100%, you know, into it and I was okay with struggling a little bit um, to get there. And it kind I kind of paid off. Yeah, it, I mean like, I think Sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, like that that was like a tough year but it paid off because within a year I had been signed to Jackie Winter, which is um, for people who don't know the illustration industry well, it's like the best uh, illustration agency in Australia and it had signed to it all my heroes in illustration and it was like my big pipe dream to be signed by them and I I think, yeah I think they just saw how hard I'd worked and they saw a lot of potential in me as someone who was young at this stage um and and signed me on and that changed my life so yeah it was, it was did, did <laughs> no 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 I um I I hit them up I was mm. I was like Umming and ahhing for ages, like, do I do I wait until I've had like a few years under my belt and then contact them with like a perfect folio, or do I just send them where I'm at now, hope for a meeting, and then go from there? And so I did the latter, and then yeah, that actually panned out, which is incredible. Um, They've been yeah, they've been like so um, instrumental in building my career, and pretty much from the day I was I was signed to them um yeah I I was booking all these big jobs um because they essentially put your work in front of in front of you know big brands and big ad ad agencies and everything and and not just in Australia but around the world so um yeah kind of all of a sudden I had all this work coming in and for the first time I was like making real money um and so that's really when I consider, like, that was a big, big swinging point. Um, and I, you know, I, I, yeah, I started to make money. So I um, was able to afford to move to a share studio, um, which was awesome. And I met some, like, great people there and started to build a community around me. Um, but I was just so excited about, doing the work and getting all these opportunities that I was just saying yes to literally everything that came my way. And I, I remember that like this whole concept, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we can end the podcast here because you've just given so, so much great advice around <laughs> being like, okay, just get out there, do it. And, but I think that what you were saying before around um, this whole idea of like backing yourself and that confidence. And I think, you know, there there does come a time in a career and, you know, a lot of people do have, you know, start out with a side hustle and, you know, I did that for a year. No, I think it was six months where I was, um, you know, contracted to my old job and building startup creative on the side. Um, But there comes a time where you have to take a risk 
and they mm. have to something's got to give and you've got to sacrifice something in order for something new to evolve or, or your dream to become a reality and I see it time and time again and it, it's probably I remember so clearly that moment where you know I was given do I take a four-month contract or um, re-sign for four days a week for the next 12 months and build start creative one day a week or do I kind of have job security for four months and then throw myself in and I remember when I had to make that decision, I clocked it in my brain and was like, wow, this, you know, like it, this is harder than I thought it would be. Like it's scary. And even though I was in a pretty good situation, it's never going to be comfortable. And, you know, I've, I've had it time and time again of like when you when you choose to take a risk. And, you know, for me, the next big one I think was printing the magazine and, mm. you know, all these other things. And um, there's those moments where, you like it's going to be uncomfortable and I think sometimes people can look at it and go wow you know that person you know has it made or you know all these great opportunities and look how great they're doing but it there's everyone had to take a risk at some point like there was an uncomfortableness and I think the biggest difference between maybe someone like you who's who's got out there and done it and is making money off it um and people who are, are sitting and you know doing it as a side hustle dreaming of of that life is that you were able to act in that face of uncertainty and and still show up because I think, yeah, you, it's almost like you you dream and think, oh, look how easy it is. But it, it really is just your ability to take action in the face of fear and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it, that's something that I think about a lot and I still try to, like I, I do try and get back to that idea of like putting myself in uncomfortable situations so because I know that I, I can rise to the occasion of, of challenges so I try and do that. I, I don't like getting too comfortable with my work um, or, or anything like that because I, yeah, I just I think I thrive a little bit on um, the struggle. <laughs> well, I so, think that's uh, where innovation can come, right, is like, you have to, yeah, it's like the pressure building. I mean, and also not everyone's up for that, right? A lot of people right. like to to kind of cruise and, and it's harder to act. And obviously there's lots of different circumstances for different people and yeah. the risk level for each person is different of what you actually can risk without, you know, um, it being too de- debilitating because there's that, you know, there's that fine moment where it's like it's got to be scary enough that you, like, rise to the occasion but not too scary that you get crippled by the the risk yeah and that's a a delicate balance so going back to where I was in my career like I was I was like completely unbalanced at this point um I would I was at this chair studio and I would um just take on all this work my daily routine would be like I would wake up like mid-morning walk over to my studio and not leave until the sun was rising the next day Mm. um and there was like this coffee shop in between like my studio and my house and like they would be opening up when I would be walking home and they would be like, are you okay? Like, what are you doing? Just see She's me on a bender. <laughs> yeah, I think they were, I know. I did tell them, but I think pr- prior to that, they were like very curious as to what my life was, what was going on in my life. So this is like mm-hmm. around like 2017 and 2017 was like a year where like I kind of crashed and burned and then had to rebuild. So I was like taking on all this work and and as you can um as you can like imagine this is all heading towards like a huge burnout. 
my personal life was in like a schmozzle. Um, I, I had an exhibition that year as well. So I think within the space of a six months, I'd like broken up with my partner of seven years. I'd put on my first ever solo exhibition. Um, I think I moved house and I, I completely burnt out with work. And then I met my like new partner now. It was just like a hectic year. <laughs> was um, it your Saturn return? <laughs> it must have been, although I feel like my Saturn return has been going on for like five years. <laughs> so I don't know. Actually, no, I think it's like, I think it's coming, I think it's coming to an end now because I'm feeling in a real good place now. Um, and I'm, I'm just so, responsible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of, that was the year where I, I really had to focus on my health because I was just so unhealthy. I didn't think about prioritizing my, you know, mental health or physical health or anything at all. So I've really since then like rebuilt how I, how I, you know, structure my life. Um, uh, and, but it's also when I started painting murals. So um, my friend taught me how to paint because she was a painter and I'd always wanted to do it and always wanted to do installation work and large scale work. Um, and so that was the year where I pushed into that kind of realm. And that was great because that opened me up to so many new opportunities. And I think that was when like all these awesome brands started to kind of knock on my door. Like I did Nike and I did Adidas and um, it's kind of led me to, you know, in the last three years I've done a couple of jobs for Facebook where I've flown over to America to do installations for them. So that that 2017 year I think was really monumental in in like shaping how what my career is now and mm. just that re like a bit growing up a little bit I think and um taking a bit more charge of my career. Yeah, I love and it's almost like and I see this just in my everyday life but also you know with um with coaching clients around you know sometimes things need to break and it to put totally fall to pieces and then you can and even if you you know from the outside everyone's like oh you're doing so well and all this you know work coming in which is like you know any business or artist dream that you have you know you're getting paid but then you have to constantly be working on your business constantly like restructuring and being like is this what I set out to create mm-hmm. and especially with artists um your personal identity and your personal sort of sense of self is so intrinsically linked to the way that you make money. And so if something's out of whack in your personal life or you don't have like a level of self-awareness that you kind of need to be an artist, then you can really get yourself into some trouble, I think. So, I was going to ask that. Was was your work being affected by like your emotional and like your personal life? Was it was it showing in your work, or were you able to keep creating? Yeah, I think um, my work always, like my personal work, always comes from a personal place. Even though like the work itself is so bright and colourful, but it often is communicating something that like I've discovered about myself or um, these like kind of uh personal growth moments um like I did an exhibition my first ever exhibition was like called shameless and it was 
about um, like self-obsession. So at the time I was feeling really self-obsessed and a bit selfish. So the inspiration for a lot of those pieces was like dealing through those emotions and kind of um, processing that. So, yeah, it does definitely affect um, my work for sure. Are you the kind of person, and I don't know whether the, whether this is different for every artist, but are you where you create in those moments as well, or did you ever have times where you just like I I've got nothing, like I can't do this, like was it that bad? Yeah, um, absolutely. And when I burnt out um, because I'd just been working too hard, like there was a period of time where I was like I cannot lift a pencil right now, you know, like. I think for me, I need I need the energy um, to create. So that means I really need that balance. And so what I've realised over the years and particularly in the last year is that like um, having good energy is the most is is the most important thing. It's the thing you have to prioritise um, as a as a creative or really probably any kind of business owner. Um, if you can prioritise like making sure you feel your best as best you can um then that's that for me that's how I make my best work Mm. and what were some of the things that you did and maybe if there's people listening who are experiencing burnout or or lack of inspiration is there some tips that you had that worked well for getting you out of that kind of rough space um there's a few strategies that I that I do um so I take and I, this is a complete luxury and something that not not everyone can do but I take like blocks of time off work and not just for like a holiday but like to the way that I think about it is like just relaxing my brain like giving, giving picture in a in your mind like a really tense like tense brain (laughs) and then like just it like sort of relaxing all of its muscles and kind of like spreading out like that's what it kind of feels like so I try and do that where I will take like a month off of doing paid work and um just focus on some kind of creative outlet and it can be like completely aimless it can just be drawing or um or writing down ideas or writing or whatever um just to take that pressure off because I think it's hard to it can be hard to be creative or feel good when there's all these other pressures in your way um, because they'll always come to the forefront of your mind and I think creativity is, is somewhere else in your brain that, that kind of can easily be clouded if you're if you're distracted by the things. So mm. that's a strategy. I like, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's almost like I've been watching the Australian Open tennis lately but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if, if a tennis player is, key asset is their arm and their ability to like you know use a racket then they get in the ice bath and they relax Mm -hmm. the muscles so that it can perform right Mm -hmm. um and just do nothing with with their bodies after a game or you know take care of it and I think it's it's a hard one when your you know your key asset is your brain and your creativity and yeah I think that's a beautiful tip of like making sure that you take that time off to to not always because I think you're also and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Ellen, around when you work for yourself, there's always more to do. You know, it's a real battle of like being out. Do you, like, do you have guilt around not doing work or mm-hmm. you know, feeling like there's this to-do list that's never ending? Oh, yeah, of course. And I'm sure you you feel the same way sometimes. But, um, yeah, I I really struggle to not do things um, because, yeah, as a 
essentially like a small business, like there are so many different hats that you have to wear um, and there's times where I just want to be drawing but, you know, there's emails to get to and there's like accounting to get to and things like that and, um, you know, so even if I want to have time off, I can't. But um, I am in the process of hiring someone right now. So I'm hoping that um, that will kind of ease off a little bit. My aim is to is to be able to prioritise being creative more and then getting someone else to help with the admin and, and things like that that is not my strength. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that that goes well. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting process going through hiring someone, but it's been great so far. I've met all these amazing people. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Um, that'll be a new that's a very new step for me that I'm excited about and it's almost like you know it's that cycle that we talked about before is like you know when things get to a certain point you have to stop and assess and be like okay what do I need to do to be able to create more space and it's another risk to take right of paying somebody's wage and and showing up for them in a you know being able to pay their livelihood is the next risk that you take in the business and it's like these risks, like they're always going to show up and, you know, these growth points and it's, um, you know, that's the expansion. It's like, you know, if you can start from the very beginning of being used to the fact that sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable but you've got to figure out how to, you know, in any way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I think I think it's just because I think I've had so much time to self-reflect in 2020 and I just like wrote down in my diary, like prioritize being creative. And then once you set that as a priority, then it makes the decision easy to hire someone else, I think. And it feels like less of a risk because I'm like, I'm doing the thing that I've set out to do, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. And it's, again, something has to change if you yeah. want to keep growing. And I think that's a cool thing just touching on those um, kind of self-help, how are you looking after yourself and, uh, you know, maybe not everyone has the luxury to take a month off and things, mm-hmm. but there's always a way, you know. I think even if it's like two hours in the morning on a Monday or, you know, taking Fridays off or, you know, putting an automated reply on and just, you know, giving yourself a bit more time to get back to emails or whatever, like whatever, you know, if you know that you need that space, then like, it's a boundary that you can create. It might not be a month, but there is ways that you can create space in your life if you prioritise it. Yeah, 100%. I think it's all about knowing yourself and understanding um, what what gives you, like, clarity and what makes you feel good. And if that is, like, time and, like, relaxing your brain, like I was saying, then, yeah, if it's just, like, having an email-free morning or, you know, going for a hike on the weekends or something like that then that's something that you know I do when I don't have the time or the ability to take um, long longer bouts of time off so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that and while we're on that topic um is it was there any other tips that you had or things that you've helped you along the way um just the things that everyone says so <laughs> exercise eating well getting enough sleep um they're the big three um and that's something that like I absolutely I absolutely do um and I also think um finding a community as a creative is is really important and I know it can be hard like 
if you're an introvert such as myself and a lot of creative people are, um, the idea of networking is terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, um, if you can put yourself out there or or go to um, hire a studio if you can afford to or just reach out to like like-minded people, it's just um, that can be a game changer and it, it certainly was for me. So, yeah, I definitely mm. recommend that. Have you had mentors or coaches or you know, guidance along the way? Um, yeah, I do. I, I lean pretty heavily on my friends at Jackie Winter for mentoring and advice um, because they, aside from being like an agent essentially, they do um, really help with my career. So I go to um, Jess Harris, her name is, so she's someone who always gives me advice and she works there. Um, and, yeah, I have kind of peers, I guess, in um, in the community. My good friend um, Eliza Spakoulis, who's a letterer, and uh, Julia McGoran, who's a photographer, they're like my solid go-to people for just advice, venting, anything. Um, mm. Yeah. So Did you meet them through your work or were they friends? Anyway. They are, um, I met them through my share studio. So um, when I hired that out, um, they were they were there as well. So yeah, we became buddies. Mm. I love that. And I remember that moment where, you know, all of a sudden you have the, you know, you start out and you're just like, no one gets this, you know, I'm trying to do this thing. And, you know, everyone was, when I was starting, friends were in uni or they were in nine to fives and I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then eventually, and you, it can be quite lonely. And then eventually, yeah, you, you in that networking space, you look around and I'm like, everyone I know, all of my closest friends and my mentors and support and colleagues are, everyone's, you know, building their dream and doing what they love. And it's such a difference because there is a certain element to the world that we live in that, or our lives that we've created that, only if you're doing it you understand and you need those people you can go to who can be like hey I need a quick fix for this or what should I charge or Mm. you know how do I cope when this happens Mm. yeah it can be it can be a very solitary and at times lonely um pursuit and I think that's the downside of of being creative or being being um a small business owner but um at the same time, you can reach a lot of people, you know, and you can um, you can help people. Like I'm sure, you know, in your business, you would help so many people. And um, I think that's the kind of, that's the flip side of it. Mm. And I think something that somebody taught me really early on, which has kind of been my mantra of like, if, if, the, if people aren't wanting open to collaborating or support or, you know, feedback and things like that, then find a new crew, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have, you shouldn't be in competition. You should mm-hmm. have, you know, there's enough to go around and, you know, finding those solid people who understand it and can give you that really honest feedback and share insights. It's like a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I I really only keep people close who I know um, have my best interests at heart and would never see me as like some kind of threat or competition. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that that's a really um, positive thing that you can you can do is have those people that um, even if they are in the same industry as you or do the same thing as you like would never see you as some kind of competition or um, would mm. never want anything but the best for you. Yeah, I love that. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, COVID, if it's not too triggering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did do the five-day lockdown. It was interesting being in Melbourne and seeing everyone go into like, oh, God, here we go. Mm. Um, but, yeah, how was that as an artist? And, you know, obviously there was maybe less work that you could do or I don't know, was there less work? How did you go with yeah. it? It was funny because um, I was over in San Francisco when it, kind of started to get serious and people started calling it a pandemic and I just wrapped up this project with Facebook and had been in Silicon Valley um, and had this most incredible time and I was just feeling on top of the world and feeling so excited about like the opportunities that would come from this and then, you know, we flew home and that was when uh, it was announced that you had to be in 14 di- days of isolation. So th- things are getting serious sort of thing. So I went straight from that to 14 days in my house wow. um, and just a complete reality check um, back to, you know, yeah, whatever this was. And um, I... I struggled through it like emotionally and mentally. It was a really tough year for me, even though I, the work didn't dry up, you know, because I'm a digital illustrator, um, I was still getting plenty of work and I could still, you know, pay all the bills and everything, which is extremely lucky. Um, But I did just um, really, (laughs) I think the lockdown in Melbourne, I think, and, and just checking the news all the time was my real vice. I was just constantly stro- um, scrolling and, and procrastinating, getting distracted. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was hard and I did, I did like, I think I'm, I'm someone who thrives on um, hoping for the future. Like I'm always dreaming about things I'm going to do and, and um, opportunities that are coming up and, and all that kind of thing and, and that kind of just completely went, I think, because there was so much uncertainty and so much negativity um, that I, I really, when I look back at that time, it just seems like foggy and sad and, um, yeah, so that was tough. But I did have more time to kind of paint and draw and I feel like I had a real upswing in my skills, which is great, um, and... Uh, you know, I painted this huge mural in my house. I couldn't paint murals outside, obviously, or do any mural work, but I painted a big wall in our in our place, and um, and I really enjoyed kind of doing that sort of stuff and getting back to sort of. It almost felt like I was back to my first year of illustration, where I didn't have heaps of work on, and I had more time to fill. So there was more time for me to just create um, in mm. those times where I felt where I felt okay to do so. Um, was it hard for you to um, get inspiration and like break up your days and you know like I I imagine like if your you know your job is to come up with ideas and creative and you know have input from the outside world or the environment and you know what were you doing to to like fill up and break up your days and and come up with ideas yeah it was really tough um as, as I was kind of like saying before it was sort of like it was hard to be creative and come up with good ideas for things I think because there were so many other things swirling around in my in my brain that were distracting me from from that like kind of idea and and like creative 
uh, side of my brain. So, um, yeah, it was difficult and, and like I just had to kind of almost just like force myself to sit down and turn off all my devices and just like draw and draw and draw. And then I find if I get into like a flow state where I'm like not sort of um, unaware of like time or things that are happening in the outside world and that's something that can get me into a good creative headspace Mm. um and breaking up my days I mean I mean for for a lot of that lockdown period we weren't able to go more than 5k's from home or couldn't be out for more than an hour a day and then two hours a day so um I would go for walks and stuff but you know it's not um like where I live I live in Collingwood um and it's not like the greenest space you know it's actually like got the least amount of parks in our area or something like that but um yeah I did pay attention more than more than I usually would to like flowers um blooming so around springtime I was like really paying attention to like little things that would change around the neighborhood you know and I found that like I've put a lot of more flowers in my work and I'm not sure if that's a direct correlation or not but um yeah it was just about the little things the little things that got me through and if that's like just looking a little flower then well that'll have to do it for that day, you know. Well, Collingwood's got for me. <laughs> no, I yeah, still live in Collingwood and I, my memories of it is very noisy. But um, I can oh, imagine yeah. it was a lot quieter during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was. But, yeah, it's just sort of full of, um, normally just full of people and and restaurants and um, gigs. Mm. Like it's got so much live music and, and street art so all of those things kind of suffered obviously under COVID so it felt quite alien um yeah yeah I mean yeah that's a whole nother conversation it's like mm. what, what, you know where, why do we choose to live where we live and when everything's mm. taken away then you know do we still want to live there but mm. I feel like it's coming back to life yeah it is um it's great to see um things being really lively and and sort of getting back to normal again um, yeah. So t- tell me more about, um, well, if there's any tips that you have for those creatives out there, I, I did want to touch base on that. Um, you're going to Jackie Winter and how was that? Like what did, maybe if there's some insights for people out there who might be thinking about, should I pitch my work and, you know, take it, you know, when's the right time, but any insights and tips around that process that you learned that maybe you could give some advice on? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, um, Jackie Winter was the only agency I applied for because I really wanted to be represented by them. But I think this advice would be relevant for any anyone looking for like representation in that sense. So I reached out to them quite, yeah, early on in my career, as I was saying before, um, with my best work. And I spent a lot of time, not just like, you know, slapping together a folio, like I put together like a personalised fully illustrated folio that was full of my, you know, personality and explained all the projects in there. So it was just about like communicating that this was a really important thing to me. So I think that goes a long way um, with the agency side of things. And and I wrote them a nice long email and introduced myself and everything and sort of left it open was like, I would love to just get some feedback on my work, like not expecting that they would sign me or demanding anything but just I just wanted them to look at my work and so that's what got my foot in the door because I got a um an interview with the director Jeremy and he did give me feedback on my work he actually didn't sign me up straight away um he he looked at my work and looked through 
um, what I had done and, and gave me really honest feedback on my style and, and what he liked about it and what was unique about it. And he kind of pointed to pieces in my folio and was like, this is, this is really unique to you, so you should, you should keep going with this. And that like, was such valuable advice because it was a truly neutral third party and someone who was really uh, had so much expertise in the area. So I took that on board and I went away and kept working on it and then came back to them in a few months' time with an updated folio taken on his advice um, and, and, and kind of got signed from there. So I think um, if, if you can get any advice out of that, it would be to, um, yeah, be, um, be open to to kind of feedback and um, seek it out from people who, who, are, um, who will give you honest advice. Um, and, yeah, I think there's no, sh- there's no harm in, in trying something before you think you're ready. Like I didn't think I was ready to be signed, but I just thought I would give it a crack. And I don't think there's – I think it's better to do that, to do that than wait for the day that's probably never going to come that you think it's perfect. Mm. It's so true, and it's also waiting for the day of like that. Jackie Winter will find you. You know, it's exactly. like there's so there's so much, and I love that in how you how you approach that because it's like, well, if this is my dream, then I'm going to go and make sure they know about me. You mm. know, and I think a lot of people that like you know, or I think what I've also learned is people think that stuff kind of lands in your lap, and you know, and some sometimes you do have those beautiful synchronicities, but then a lot of the time it's like, no, I put myself in the room with these people or I mm-hmm. made sure they knew about me or I told them, you know, that I was available or ready, you know. And it's that initiative and that proactiveness and, and taking action on your dreams rather than sitting back and waiting for somebody to hand it to you. Yes, that's so true. And that's something that I'm trying to reteach myself a little bit. Um, because I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to be more proactive this year and um, and sort of reaching out for those sort of opportunities that I really want to get after quite a few years of like you know waiting for things to fall into my lap, which has been great for me. And it's like mm. I've had some amazing opportunities, but I'm just kind of thinking like, well, what else could I do if I actually put myself out there? So it's a lesson that I think applies for any time of your career. Mm. Yeah, I think this is like. What I'm really realizing in, the, in this conversation is like it doesn't really matter the circumstance or you know what stage of your career at. It, it's actually there's these kind of core elements to a successful entrepreneur who that is like yeah the ability to take risks and to keep dreaming bigger too and and thinking outside the box and and investing in time and creativity and ideas. It's like, and it, which is stuff that we can all learn, you know, it's like no one is better than anyone else. It's just their ability to hone those kind of personal qualities on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that around um, your personal side too. I was looking at your, what's that funny quote that you have on your website? It's like manifest your way yourself away from me. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read that. I was like, that's fabulous. Um, but tell me about your building your personal brand then on that side as well, because you obviously got representation, but how hard has it been or, you know, what is your process been around building out your website and your prints and your, like, how much of what you do is your own personal hustle as well? Yeah, I think, um, 
everything I do with my like quote unquote personal brand or, you know, my Instagram or my website is very much just um, intuitive. I think um, because it's my, you know, name and it's my art, um, I just try and be myself as much as possible. Um, I was really lucky when I started. Um, It was the very early days of Instagram. Not super early, but, like, there was no such thing as an influencer at the time, for example. Um, And so I feel like it was easier to build your audience then. And I didn't have, like, a moment where I just, like, suddenly got all these followers. It's really just been, like, a steady, just a steady build over, you know, the six years or whatever that I've been doing this. So, um, yeah, I think... My personal brand, I just try and keep it as much about my work as possible um, and not too much about me. And maybe that'll change, but I just feel more comfortable sharing my work than I do sharing a lot about myself. Um, And, yeah, my website has kind of evolved as my work has evolved, so I try and revisit it, you know, every couple of years and make sure that it's reflecting where my work is at and where I want to be. So I think this year I'm going to be doing another sort of revamp of that after kind of figuring some of that stuff out in the last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it hard for you to um, to show up with, your, you know, personal brand? I think there's a lot of artists out there who do have that question. It's like do I operate under my name or do I create mm. a business name and yeah, I kind of wish that I, if I could go back in time and change one thing, I, I think I would go back in time and, and like, operate under some kind of pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't my my name. Because um, I feel like maybe that would be a bit more freeing and I could, I could like, have a bit more fun with the personal brand and, and like, be maybe a bit more mysterious or... Or, or something if it wasn't my actual my actual name. Um, yeah, because I do find it hard to, I think, again, because I'm an introvert um, and sometimes, you know, making content for Instagram or, like, talking to people on Instagram can feel very inauthentic to me because it kind of feels like, um, as in, like, me doing it feels authentic to me because, like, it sort of kind of feels like when you're at a party and you're holding court and you're like telling everyone this story and and like that is like my worst nightmare I don't like having lots of attention on me and um so yeah I do struggle with that um to be perfectly honest and I'm not sure I'm not sure what the answer is um because it does feel like the more the more you can be extroverted and the more you can put out there the more you'll get back and the more you'll get out of Instagram. But, yeah, mm. I think my philosophy is just is not to put too much pressure on myself and just share my, share my work and share my process and, and like, um, hope that people resonate with it. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, they definitely are. You're doing a fabulous job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I can imagine that around especially as a creative it's like and I've had those moments in my career as well where I'm like you know I I remember a few years ago when I went on the like a really big meditation retreat and was really like you know studying 
the mind and everything and was almost like I'm done I can't do business anymore <laughs> like it was mm. you know become a yogi or something but yeah. um, it, it's because you kind of in some levels you create a brand and you put your face to it and then you're like well now I have to be this thing because everyone's expecting mm-hmm. it and so you it's I mean you can definitely make changes but it, mm-hmm. um, you feel like it has to be more subtle like calculated and you have to tell mm-hmm. everyone and mm-hmm. um, and weave it in but yeah, some, I totally get that. If that mm. being like, what have I done? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, the idea that it could be like inhibiting your own growth in some kind of way. Um, yeah, I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a persona that you're taking on the, on a journey of life yes. creation. But yes, um, you know, very lucky to have a community that goes that goes along with with mm-hmm. the ride, which I think mm-hmm. you do too. Thank you so much for all of your incredible insights. I would love these conversations because, um, yeah, it's nice to be able to share some insights into an artist as a full-time creative for those out there who might be looking to do it. And um, what would maybe just to wrap us up, you've already given so much amazing, generous advice, but what would your number one tip be for somebody out there who's maybe going, oh, I want to be like Ellen one day? <laughs> Um, I think the most important thing is to, to like really um, understand yourself and, and understand what makes you happy, what makes you feel most yourself, um, what you want out of life. I think if you can answer those questions, um, you'll, you'll be on the right path, you know, and I think, um, you know, I think people can look at other people's careers and be like, oh, like I, I want that exact thing. But, you know, I think I've, I've built my career out of knowing what, how I work best and that I want my life to be, you know, exciting and, and, and like really kind of different to what I see around me or the examples that I saw when I was growing up. So I think if you can understand yourself, like and never stop trying to understand yourself you'll have Mm. an easier time building a career that maybe doesn't look like other people's Mm. (laughs) that was a little bit rambly but I know I love it I mean it's such a creative answer (laughs) (laughs) because I but I think you've absolutely nailed it and I the more that I study and try to understand humans and why we're here and all of this it's this there is a common theme of like I think we all have a life path that we're meant to be finding and and connecting to and and refining as well as what's uniquely ours and you know that comes from your own personality and blueprints and mm-hmm. you know, time and place of where you are you know where you are in this world and um, yeah it's uniquely yours and I, um, coming to believe in the artist way is very much this is like you know what if we were all able to really tune into that and live it? Mm. And, you know, I think you're an amazing example of someone who's, who's backed yourself and stayed true to yourself and your vision. And, um, you know, you get rewarded for that when you, when you keep showing up. And Thanks so day. much. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. And thank you for sharing so much with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Kay. Pleasure.
Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.